0: Thank you, choir, and praise team. Both uh, praise team and uh, choir uh, just uh, fits uh, in today's uh, theme. Thank you very much for uh, putting your time and energy to make this worship service meaningful uh, and pleasant uh, to God. I really like, uh, Simon, that uh, little blurb that you're Uh, writing, uh, for inviting people to worship. I think that really prepares our heart. Thank you all for working so hard to make this one hour, even though it is just one hour, to make this one hour very meaningful. Jesus often said that my time has not yet come. Right from the beginning of his ministry, he said that. Do you remember when Jesus Uh, performed the first miracle, turning water into wine. That's, I mean, mothers came to Jesus and said, you know, there is no more wine. Wine ran out. And that's when Jesus said this. And Jesus said to her, woman, what concern is that to you and to me? My hour or my time has not yet come. My time has not yet come. That sounds odd to us, because we don't say things like that in our daily living. My time has not yet come. To us, time is simply a schedule. Time to eat, time to work, time to play, and time to sleep. It is a schedule. And we think that time is in our hands. To Jesus, somehow the time was not in his end. It was not a schedule that he made. Jesus lived his life waiting for the time. What does that mean? Waiting for the time. What what does that kind of life look like? Waiting for the time. To Jesus, life is more than what we can control, or what we control, and what we schedule. Life is not just about doing anything at any time we feel like doing it. Life has its own course, and life has its own rhythm. And Jesus knew that, and he respected that about life. That was why he said, my time. Has not yet come, but also he knew when that right time came for us. This time or at that time, I don't know the difference. But Jesus knew exactly. This is my time. This is not my time. He knew exactly. So when he the right time came for him, he really uh, spoke to us very important message. Let's hear. The hour or the time has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Very truly, I tell you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains just a single grain. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Those who love their life lose it, and those who hate their life in this world will keep it for eternal life, eternal message. When the right time came, he spoke this truth. Life has its own time. Wasn't that what the the writer of Ecclesiastes told us? A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant, a time to pluck up what is planted. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn. And a time to dance. So, we shouldn't be so stressed in forcing our situations to get what we want, but rather we should carefully listen to what life has to say. Listen to what time it is. Jesus lived his life not forcing his situations, but respecting life's rhythm. He didn't live as he felt like it. He didn't make decisions on his own. Jesus was always trying to read what time it was. I don't mean 9 o'clock or 10 o'clock, not that kind of chronological time, but he always asked, Is is it it a time to keep or a time to throw away? A time to tear or a time to sow? A time to keep silence or a time to speak? He always asks what time it was. And he said exactly what is needed at that moment. We have a very important lesson here to learn from that kind of lifestyle. We often think that we can, we have to make all the decisions by ourselves. And we do that using our feelings, our intellectual judgment, and also our value. So most of times, we are doing very well. And we are trying our best to make a good decision to get the best result but at the same time that gives us tremendous burden because the, whatever decision that we make it has implication for our lives the life can turn out very differently depending on our decisions that's why we are stressed out whenever we make decisions we get stressed out but when we look at jesus life we realize that his life was not all about his decisions When you you really read Jesus' life, there was one thing more about Jesus' life. It's not just making decisions on his own, but there is some kind of power that pulled Jesus' life. There's one life that you choose, you make decisions with your best judgment. But when you look at Jesus' life, there's one more. There's a strong power that pulled Jesus' life. You see, there are two kinds of lifestyle. One is life that we control by our decisions, and the other is life that is pulled into a certain direction by the power that is bigger than us. Life that we push, with our own power and the life that is pulled by the power that is beyond us. When these two are in harmony, our life is in peace. We call it good life. That is what we desire. I mean, I often told you this story. A boy is crossing a river with his mom and the current is so fast and strong. And the boy holds onto the mother's hand so tightly because he feared that he might get swept away if he loses that grip. So he holds onto the mother, so mother's hand so powerfully, so urgently. But in the process, he realizes that there is strong mother's hand that is holding him. And that grip is stronger than his own grip. And that's when he experiences peace. Yes, we try our best, trying to make the most out of our lives. But we realize that there is a strong hand that holds our life and leads it. When these two are in harmony, we find peace in life. What was that strong power that pulled Jesus? What was that? What was that power that pulled Jesus' life? I believe that that is the calling. As Brim beautifully prayed, that is calling. Calling is a power that pulls us into certain direction. This calling defines who we are and what we we desire in life. It is not something that we decide by our logical calculation. It is the pulling power that is greater than us. Calling is not what we decide. Calling is what we discover. Let me say it again. Calling is not what we decide. Calling is what we discover. When we follow the calling, sometimes we look foolish. People in the world may tell us, people uh, who don't know uh, about our own calling, uh, tell us, you are foolish. Sometimes it looks like foolish life. St. Paul, who lived by the calling, confessed this way. We are fools for the sake of Christ, but you are wise in Christ. We are weak, but you are strong. You are held in honor, but we in disrepute. To the present hour, we are hungry and thirsty. We are poorly clothed and beaten and homeless, and we grow weary from the work of our own hands. When reviled, we bless. When persecuted, we endure. When slandered, we speak kindly. We have become like the rubbish of the world, the dregs of all things to this very day. He felt like he was foolish, but he was compelled to follow his calling. That's what calling is like. The Bible tells us many stories of the people who made their life decisions by the power that pulled them. It wasn't necessarily their decisions. It's not necessarily what they liked, but they followed because they were pulled by this power, compelled to follow. This, that strong pull brought Abraham out of Haran, into Canaan. He didn't know what benefit he'd had by moving uh, to Canaan. As soon as he landed, there, he had, had to uh, go to Egypt. He ran away to the Egypt. So he didn't really know what benefit uh, there was. But there was a strong pull. There was a power that pulled him to that move. And then he followed. And that strong pull called Moses out of Midian to enter into Egypt and bring uh, his people out of bondage. And he didn't like it. It's not something that he decided. He rejected it at first. Somebody Send somebody else. I can't go. But that strong power, that pull, he could not resist anymore. So he followed that calling. Our God. Is God who calls us? He called the world into existence. He called the light to be there, and the light was there. When God called us, we came into existence. When Jesus called Lazarus, the dead Lazarus came out of the tomb. God leads our lives. By calling us. My friends, there is calling in life. Life has its own calling. We have to hear the voice of this life calling. When we reflect on what is going on in our lives, we'll be able to hear that voice. Some voices are very loud and clear. So we can hear very easily. But other voices are so small and hard to hear. And still some other voices are buried in the noises around us, so we cannot hear. God put those voices in our life. And of of course, to lead us. And Jesus heard that voice very clearly. Jesus knew what was going on in his life and he knew what to do and he knew what to say. Jesus wants us to live our life listening to those voices in life. That's why often he said, those who have ears to hear, let them hear. As we look back our lives, we heard the voices And these voices have led us. Sometimes, because we neglected these voices, even though we heard it very clearly, we neglected it, we struggled and suffered. Of course, these voices are not what you hear with your ears. These voices are spoken in our heart. Actually, my friends, what we hear with our ears, physical ears, are not that important we hear important things not with our ears with your heart in your heart you listen to you hear the voices in your heart more uh, important uh, voices in your heart not with your ears your ear i mean think about the voices that you hear with your ears and think about the voices that you hear in your heart which one is uh, which one do you hear more i mean where do you hear more important things in your heart? Sometimes when the noise is around, what, what do you do? You go somewhere so that you don't hear the voices in your ear, so that you can really hear in your heart. Don't you do that? Oh, I can't think, because the, vo- the, vo- the noises are so much, so you go, go to a quiet place. To hear what? To hear your voices, the voices in your heart. So important uh, voices you hear in your heart. When your heart is so scattered and confused that you need to calm down through meditation or whatever so that you can hear the voices in your heart. God speaks to our heart. When Jesus said, those who have ears to hear, let them hear, he did not mean the physical ears, but the ears of our heart. To live a good life, we have to have good ears of heart. They should be well-developed. We need to have discerning ears. At our first service of this year, I told you, I said, let us open our mouth and praise God. Today, I wanna say, open your ears and listen. Prayer is not about telling God what we want. Prayer. Is about listening to God, what He wants from us. We go to prayer not to talk. We go to prayer to listen. A few weeks ago, I said, let us turn our worries into prayer. But now I want to say, through prayer, let us listen to God's calling. So not only you turn worries into prayer, but through prayer, you listen to God's calling. People who have ears to hear through prayer, they will be able to have wisdom that can deal with many challenges of life. It's like treasure you have. We need to discipline ourselves to listen. It is more important to listen than speaking very well. Listening comes first and then speaking. If there's a speaking without listening, that speaking will become empty. And But it's it's not easy to listen. In today's scripture, we see that Samuel struggled. He could not listen to God. Only at the fourth time, he was able to listen to God. God's word was rare, the scripture says. It says, now the boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord under Eli. The word of the Lord was rare in those days. Visions were not widespread. So he could not hear God's voice at first. But the good news, my friend, is that God does not call us just once. God calls us continuously until we are able to hear it. God does not knock at our heart only once. God knocks at our heart until we open it. Samuel was a great prophet. He was the one who installed the first king. When Samuel was around, there was no king. So judges, priest, prophet, and king, all combined, that was who Samuel was. He was like a king. And he installed Saul as the first king. And also he later, he installed David was like an engine for Israel. But even that great prophet, great king, could not hear God first time. Only at the fourth time he was able to hear. That is comforting us. So it's not easy to listen, but it's so important to discipline ourselves to listen. Let us open our ears and hear. When we live our lives with the attitude of listening, our life will change. Set aside time. Every day. It can be 10 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour. Just go there and listen. Listen to your life. Listen to your emotion. Listen to what's going on. Listen to how you respond to what's going on and listen to God. Sometimes you can jot down on your notebook what you listen to, but other times, you can just sit down and just enjoy listening. Listen to your life. So many things you can learn by listening. The problem of many people these days is that we lost the ability to hear. They are so wrapped up in their own problems. Sometimes they are too lazy. Sometimes they think they know it all. Sometimes they think these things I mean these things do not allow us to truly hear. And many times we hear distorted voices. Let us live this year with ears that can hear. Fear closes our ears. Greed blocks our ears. Our pride and arrogance hinder our ears. Scattered thoughts obstruct our ears. But let us open our ears and hear. God will speak to you. And when you hear that voice, you will change it will change. And it it requires discipline. It just doesn't come overnight. But let us pay attention to our life. What time is it? What do I need to hear at this point? What do I need to do? Where do I need to be? Is it time to repent? Or is it time To experience forgiveness? It's time to speak? It's time to start something new? Let us think about it and listen to the voice of life and voices of God. Let us sing.